Olofinjana to Lawrence. Played through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. This episode is actually sponsored by Mark Hughes' car dealership. They look great, but take forever to get started and can't deal with corners properly. <laughs> must be at least 23 to drive. Mark Hughes' cars, throwing expensive parts together until the wheels come off. <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. Um, yeah, they've not really sponsored us. Who, who would ever sponsor us? <laughs> the old guard are back for today. Jason Martin and Chris Brammer join me to discuss, among other things, a disappointing defeat at Goodison Park, a th- uh, thrilling victory over Stevenage, and the impending transfer window. Jason, how are you feeling? Suicidal, I think. <laughs> no, um, God, yesterday was just so predictable, wasn't it? I mean, we're, if you look at, let's get the positives out of the way first, because it should be fairly quick. We're about a half to two-thirds of the way of being where we need to be. Like, defence looked a lot better yesterday, I thought. Um, the midfield is sort of doing fine, but the attack's still the problem. Um, one shot on target yesterday sort of really summed it up, and that's five shots in three games we've had now that have actually hit the target, two, two of which <laughs> are actually set pieces. So we're averaging about one shot a game on target, and oh my god, god, it's harrowing, isn't it? And uh, I thought Everton were very good yesterday. Um, Ross Barkley is going to be some player if Cumin can sort of get the best out of him, which it looks like he already is. Um, Holgate makes me pine for us to actually start a youngster in the team. I thought he was absolutely <laughs> excellent against Arnie, and yeah, I mean, I think. 1-0 sort of flattered us more than them <laughs> it should have been much more but at the same time it could have easily been a draw and probably should have been wearing up for some inept refereeing well Chris um, this game saw a return to the Premier League for Peter Crouch having <laughs> scored a hat-trick in midweek against Stevenage uh, Jason mentioned the attack there as being the main reason we looked much the worst team yesterday. Uh, <laughs> did the Crouch decision there baffle you, or did he? Did you feel like his hand was forced by what happened midweek? Um, I, I understand both sides of the argument that were, was midweek. You know, he Crouch came into the team against Stevenage, scored a hat trick, and I don't know as a, as a good man manager maybe the right thing to do in that situation is to say, well, you know what, yeah, granted it's Stevenage, but I'll, I'll throw you in, see what you can do this um, this weekend against Everton. And and I love I love Peter Crouch. He's been an absolutely fantastic player for us. And he, he does seem like an overall nice guy. And I can't wait for him to retire and go on to do uh, Strictly Come Dancing, which is inevitable. Um, the, the, issue, the issue I have is, well, to start with, I don't think I don't think Crouch was the answer this weekend. Uh, I don't know what Mark Hughes could have done other than not play him. And you would he, he, Mark Hughes couldn't win whatever his selection this weekend. If he hadn't have picked Crouch, people 
would have complained because in mid he, he scored a hat trick in midweek and and our players can't even get a shot on target. What's this about? Oh. And then equally you've got people like us who playing Crouch just makes us feel doomed from the start. I, I think <laughs> I think the problem isn't necessarily Crouch's fault. It's that no matter who we put in that position, it's not going to end well because we don't. I don't know what the difference was between midweek and, and the weekend, but we don't cross. We don't play these chances through to whoever is in the centre. So it doesn't matter if it's Josselu or if it's Crouch or if it's Sado Berahino. It, they're not going to score the chances because we're not putting the ball in the box for them to finish off the chances. And when you do get a player who goes in those chances, a la Jonathan Walters, he doesn't get to the ball and when there's an open net at the end of the game. Oh, like, God. I, I, don't, I don't think Crouch was the answer this weekend, but equally, I don't think anyone would have worked because we don't make chances. I thought it was a lot better than Middlesbrough, though, for oh, yeah, credit, particularly definitely. in the first half. Um, so <clears throat> I think that while Crouch <laughs> so, so isn't by the answer... De- by December, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll yeah. have practised enough and we'll be fine. Yeah. Well... So while Crouch isn't the answer, I do think that someone of his style definitely is. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that Berahino is what we're looking for. I know people want this pace up front and stuff, but it offered us sort of an additional dimension that we had someone up front that we could play a high ball up to. I mean, we should be doing it with Juf, like when it comes to the penalty area, because that's where he excels. Fair enough, he can't do the sort of bring it down, hold up play that that Crouch can. So that's why. Hughes probably started him but I do feel that having that aerial sort of outlet is a really good idea and I think it's something that we do need um, Mm -hmm. before Wednesday but I don't think that it's the kind of striker we're going to go for I think we're looking for that sort of slightly smaller nippy technical player which sort of infuriates me because it started off quite well we were playing the ball up high and there were flick-ons and knockdowns and stuff and that's exactly the sort of uncertainty that we need around sort of their final third and that's where chances get created so I wouldn't abandon it just yet I can see entirely as you say why Crouch started um I probably think he's probably going to start again if we don't bring someone in in the transfer window (laughs) and if we're asking for Juve to get a few games up front as a consistent run and now Crouch comes in do we have to stick with Crouch for a few games or is that us being sort of hypocrites well, this was going to be sort of my next question. Um, we've played three games now, and partly due to injury, we've played three different players on the right-hand side of that attacking midfield. We played Shakiri there against Middlesbrough, we played Bojan there against Man City, and then we played Juf there <laughs> yesterday, with Arnautovic on the right for like the last portion of the game. Is this constant rotation... Uh, I was about to answer my own question there. Is this constant rotation any good? Well, clearly not. Um, I think we definitely want to see some consistency in team selection and just in the in the general way we approach games. But it's very hard to do when you pick injuries up like we do. And we also have to shoehorn in a player who scores a hat-trick in midweek against a League 2 team. So... But if you if, oh, if you if you're gonna play if you're playing Peter Crouch up front, then surely even Mark Hughes, the, as a as a striker, surely knows that you need to get service to him. So what is the point in playing Juve outright 
when like what's what's the point you have a winger on the bench in Sobby who isn't selected again and Egypt wants to burn the whole of Staffordshire down like he's he's there on the bench granted I know Hughes obviously sees him in training and, and will know what level he's at but to be honest with you I'm starting to question Mark Hughes's judgment on a lot of things so why why isn't he playing a a young winger out on the <laughs> out on the wing. I mean, what? linking it. Uh, Tony Pulis has started a 17-year-old today. Tony Pulis, who doesn't play youth players, has started a 17-year-old. Come on, Mark Hughes, just play. Just put some faith in a player that, that, that they might be able to do something. Hashtag deploy and deploy go. Hashtag deploy and go. But that you've touched on probably one of the most frustrating things about yesterday, of which there are many, um, was that. On the occasions where we did sort of float balls into Crouch, like who's following up? We had we had three midfield players, none of whom are actually attacking midfield players in the best sense of the word. We didn't have a, a Jonathan Walters there who who can fo- you know follow up those kind of knockdowns and stuff. We had Arnautovic out left and Juve out, out right, who just Crouch is never gonna lead a line on his own. He just <laughs> he need, cannot do he that. He needs a player supporting him, and that's when when Crouch had his best season with us, with the first season he signed for us. He was supported by players around him, and I don't like. I, you're right. He isn't a player who stands. He leads the line, and he needs even just Bojan coming exactly. in like off the edge of the area or something. And, and I don't know if that's his baffling. idea with Juve out on the right that he cuts in and he's like. You know, he's that exploiting the space out on the right hand side and the same with an out of it, but it's just it doesn't it doesn't work like that. And I, I, I don't know I don't know what Mark Hughes is trying to achieve with this team. And, I, and to be honest with you, I don't think Mark Hughes knows what he's trying to achieve with this team because he's so happy to chop and change players. Granted we've been suffering from injuries, but he's he doesn't know I don't think he knows his best eleven. And that's exa- that's exactly that's exactly the sentence I said coming out of Goodison Park was I don't think he knows his best team and to be honest I don't really know our best team to be honest no like what because we're, we're we're trying to work we're still trying to work it out and I think I think uh, not to go back to a subject we touched on a lot on this podcast but I I'm almost infuriated by the fact that we bought Imbula and we bought Joe Allen and Glenn Whelan still fits in this team he's not been given a rest or he's not been rotated it's not it's like Glenn Whelan has to play every game and I think it's so our two record signings and midfield signings um in Buller has to play Joe Allen has to play so that then negates Bojan and Bojan would be perfect almost as you say fitting alongside Peter Crouch and just getting balls off him I but this is basic football why why does Mark Hughes not know this why is he not able to understand it i i on it i don't think yesterday was as bad as some like would make out but i did generally just feel very very down about the whole stoke season coming up this year because i i i predicted us to finish seventh this year and i still think we can do it but games like that just make you question everything that we're trying to achieve this is mark hughes's team now these are players he's brought in. What is he trying to get out of them? The year is 2016. Peter Crouch is leading the line. Glenn Whelan sitting <laughs> in the holding role. Only for John Walters to come off the bench as fans pine for Charlie Adam. It makes you want to reach for a calendar, doesn't it? 
<laughs> but I learned on Mbula, I thought he was terrible yesterday again, which is a bit of a worry. It's like Joe Joe Allen coming in sort of just completely disorientated him, I think. I'd slight I'd slightly disagree. I don't think Mbula was good, but I wouldn't go as far as to say he was okay, terrible. Yeah. He he'd still he still had moments where he looked positive, but again, it was the decision-making. Uh, the thing he gets, yeah, the thing he gets criticised most for is that not just laying it off quick quickly enough. Yeah. Um, I, I must say, I, th- I, I may be uh, I may be harsh here, but I didn't think Joe Allen had a particularly good game either. I thought there was some very sloppy passing. Yeah, I saw... Uh... Partly due to Everton's uh, sort of style of play midfield. I think they, they pressed us very well and it was very hard for us to kind of uh, break to, um, through that midfield in front but, of the defence. But doesn't but... it feel somehow like we are being left behind as a team, and not just not in terms of signings because the signings are still inspiring, and you know Joe Allen is a brilliant signing for the team. But doesn't it feel like tactically and playing style we are somehow getting left behind? We're not creating chances. We've not uh, kept a clean sheet now in twelve games. Doesn't it feel like what are we actually working on? in training. Mark Wilson doesn't think we're working on defence. I don't think we're working on attack. What do we do? Because there are other teams who are getting new managers, Ronald Koeman at Everton, and they're playing well. What is it? Mark Hughes has been here now. This is what, his fourth season with us. What What is his style? What are we doing? I know I'm sounding desperate and depressed with this, but I, <laughs> I'm having moments of self-doubt here. What's the long-term vision for this team? There is definitely an element of jealousy, I think, when we were watching it. Cause it's yeah, like Middlesbrough, gotcha. they were, Middlesbrough were all over us in the first game. I was like, why can't we do that? And then Everton were all over us. I was like, why can't we dominate a game for once and pepper their goalkeeper? It just feels like an absolute eternity since we did that. And it's it's getting to the point now where you feel like that's just not what Stoke do. And it's like, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's it. We've, sorry, uh, we've looked very, very disjointed. I think that's the main word, is just disjointed. With, there's no sort of balance. There's no sort of pace. Play, the in the attacking positions, players are either playing out of position or they're players who aren't in a run of form or just generally not playing well at all. Uh, in terms of the wide players, they've got unbelievable talent, but they're not using it to their maximum capability. Partly due to the fact they're just not not they're not crossing. They're not you know finding a pass quickly enough. They're dawdling on the ball. Arnautovic, as much as I love him, as much as I love him, hold off the defender and turn inside and all that. It's very exciting and it's fantastic. He's one, probably one of the most, you know, physically impressive wingers we've had in terms of he can just hold off three defenders at once if he feels like it. But then he'll turn inside and he'll just think, right, hit the striker now, <laughs> hit the striker, and and then and then he'll just not. <laughs> It's a matter of, of consistency. Like, I, for me, like Martin Atovic and Shakiri when he plays, and that, they, these are players who can create things out of nothing. They, and and we saw that last season. We saw like in the at times we were absolutely brilliant, and everything those players did was spot on. And I think yesterday you saw it again when Atovic uh, played that ball through to Walters, and Walters just. Just was Jonathan Walters, like they they can make moments like that, which is great, and it's great to have even those... e- even then, even accounting for Walters' um, 
not being alert there. Mm-hmm. Aren't an, a confident player shoots there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, but, yeah. but uh, I mean, I'm out I, of it. I, shit, I can't, yeah. com- I can't complain though because what may, maybe a, com- a, better, uh, a more confident player shoots there, but maybe he saw Walters in the better position and was like, he's got an open net. I'm gonna, I can get the ball to him. It was a, lo- it's a lovely ball. Like you can't, you can't fault Arnie for seeing a player made in a better position. Like, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You can't you can't knock him for picking out his teammate. But my my issue is that these Mark Hughes isn't getting consistency, and he's not and never got consistency. But I feel like <laughs> the, the 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 differences in the team are <laughs> getting larger and larger. We are either absolutely brilliant where we blow Man City away like we did last season, or we are absolutely dreadful and we. Uh, lose four nil to Blackburn. You know what? I mean? it, there is there is no middle ground. There's no. No, do you know what? Yeah, we, we were okay today, but we still won. It's either everything or nothing, yeah. and that's what it feels like anyway. I think it says a lot just because it's not really been mentioned much. But Shakiri's out for four to six weeks, and no one seems to care. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I, I genuinely didn't know that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Point you proven. Oh, so God. well. He's... Well, that's because that's because the club didn't really say anything about it, Dave. But it was reported in Swiss news like the, over the weekend, and then, but everyone else was like, "Oh well, the, well, the club have said he's he's fine and that he might be ready for the weekend." Yeah, I, God knows how many times Jack Butland and Glenn Johnson have. have oh, do, we're, just, we're just a week away. We're just a week away from uh, from them being back to full yeah. fitness. and they, they still haven't played yet this season. To be honest, I'd rather they, they um, hold them back. I think we've yeah. we've had our fill yeah, of bringing of people a bit back a bit early, and then you get the likes of well, what Shakiri is now, I guess. Uh, of course, but at the same time, you know, don't try and mislead people into thinking, you know, they're just a game back from full fitness. <laughs> you know, you know, if Johnson's out for the rest of the season, I want to know now, basically. <laughs> we um, yeah, we've got we've got a very very interesting few days before the transfer window shuts. That like it will it will almost def- again, again we're in a position where in the next few days transfer window will what we do will define how we do this season. I, that's how I feel anyway. See, I don't know if it will. To be honest, <laughs> is, I don't, is what because because no matter who we sign, it's going to go bad. Well, no, I just don't know how a new player is going to change this. This runs far deeper than oh, we need a player in an X position. Yeah, yeah. But we'll save that for in a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think what we need to do is uh, appoint Paul Ince as a member of our backroom staff. <laughs> um, I posted on the Wizard Twitter the other day a great gif of Paul Ince as Blackburn manager, and this is genuinely true. Um, he had a notepad out with him when he was marching into technical area, and the camera panned into the uh, to his notepad, and it was just a piece of paper with the word "shoot" written on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd bloody love us to have some shots. Oh. Remember, remember shots? No. They were great, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, had some yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, before we go to a break, uh, shall we ca- I'll kind of wrestle in some positivity yes. in that? Shay Given had a yep. good game. Yeah, I, um, I felt sorry for Shay Given. It was, it was, yeah. for starters, it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, and, and that's a kind of another kind of twisted positive yeah. in a way it, what, in that we only conceded to an absolutely 
scandalous penalty decision. Yeah, and then he saves it, bounces off the post, and it bounces off his head and in. Like, you can't... <laughs> part the poor guy, like, you just saw the absolute deflation on his face there. He could not believe it had him gone his way. Because uh, it's, it's just typical. I thought he had a good game. Uh, yeah, and I thought uh, Jeff Cameron played well. And, and Ryan Shawcross had one of his better games for a while. I thought... Um, there was a couple of times Shawcross got caught out for pace, but I thought uh, yeah. Cameron played very well. I suppose. Um, I suppose on reflection, it's a case of we played, we didn't play well at all. But there were a few moments that had they gone our way, it would have been a different result. If if Walters gets that open, scores in that open net. If Arnie doesn't hit the the, the bar, um, it's a different result. I know. There's also. Loads and loads of Everton chances that would, you know, if Crouch hadn't cleared it off the line, it would have been a different game. If Yannick but, Balassi had any kind of shooting ability whatsoever. He's better than Nautovic, him, isn't he, though? <laughs> 30 million pounds sterling. He, he's, he's faster than on Nautovic, maybe. <laughs> and, and, that, and that is it. Okay, I think we're all there. Uh, I think we're all tired already from that first half. Join us after the break. Welcome back to part two. Good news, everyone. We don't have to talk about the Everton game anymore. <laughs> we can talk about a game Stoke City not only won, not only scored multiple goals in, but a game that also meant we're safely through to the third round of the League Cup. It finished Stevenage nil, Stoke City four. Four goals. Four goals in one game. <laughs> and... Peter Crouch, the aforementioned saviour of the Stoke City forward line, got three of them. And Phil Bardsley, whew, Phil Bardsley, he, he got the other. Um, <laughs> but Jason, <laughs> Jason, I, I don't think um, I don't think you're entirely happy. Why is that? Oh, it was just. I mean, yeah, okay, we're through to the next round. I mean, it's it's a bit of an overreaction on my part, considering it's the thing that nearly took us to Wembley last season and things like that. But it's a prime opportunity to get some of the youth players in and or at least start Sobby or something. And it just didn't happen. It was just such a... It was as I'd feared that we just used it as a fitness-building opportunity for the old guard. But it was so one-sided, the game, as well, that... There should have been youngsters thrown on at the hour mark, and there weren't. And it's sort of even more frustrating that Ngoy was on the bench for Everton. He could have played, you know, against Stevenage. Um, I know they've got one eye on the Tuesday night Checker Trade Trophy <laughs> fixture coming up, but there's definitely some, with a whole week to recover, there's definitely some opportunity for some youth to play there. And I mean, plenty of other sides were doing that. Fair enough, it cost. West Brom against League One Northampton compared to League Two Stevenage, but yeah, it was just a really it was really hard to get enthusiastic about the game, even though they won four 0 It's just such a boring team. <laughs> That's my view, anyway. Wow. Is it, it, it? Yeah, I. It's just I don't know. I guess I see football in a little bit different no. to everyone else. Like I was having an argument that night on Twitter with someone who was like, "I'm just happy to see Stoke." score a Stoke player score a goal or score a hat trick and I was like yeah fair enough but I sort of like to see the ones that I like <laughs> yeah, do well. 
I'd like to feel like there's some form of progression with what we're trying to do. And when we brought Mark Hughes in, the whole, or at least in my mind, there was that with the the ambition that well, Tony Pulis wouldn't play any players from the academy. We wanted to become more like Southampton. We wanted to bring players through and become self-sufficient and all this type of stuff. And it was a vision that I think we all bought into. And Mark Hughes doesn't doesn't seem to be doing that. We're not becoming an, an academy of football, are we? We we are just. <laughs> did we buy into it because it was Hughes, or did we buy into it because we thought oh, I can't get any worse than? I, well, I don't know. Where, I'm, I'm starting to think maybe we just made it up. Maybe that wasn't the ambition. Maybe it was purely to push us on up the league. I I don't I don't know. Like. Or, or to win a to win a cup. If if Mark Hughes's ambition is to win a trophy with Stoke, I suppose it makes sense in playing tried and tested players rather than risking it with youth players. But I don't know. I just I w- yeah. If you can't play him against Stevenage, yeah, like, I'm, can I'm, you, in terms of actually that's true. Blooding them. I guess that's why I'm grateful to this, even though it's sort of considered the scourge of football to many. But that's why I'm sort of grateful that we're doing this whole. EFL trophy, check a trade trophy thing What in the coming week where our under-23s will play against Bradford, or at least that's the hope because they can feel five <laughs> outfield, play, outfield players. It could well be that Peter Crouch he, keeps the other team John anyway. Ball so. Charlie Adam, Glenn Whelan. Because Glenn Whelan plays every game. <laughs> well, a couple of them, no, a couple of them are going to be on international duty, so we're safe there. But, yeah, I reckon a lot of people reckon Charlie Adam will play in that game. Um, it's interesting that he was one that didn't actually make it through into the Everton, well, make it on the pitch at Everton because plenty were saying that he was sort of looking good there and Walters seems to still be dividing opinion overall and didn't seem to be sort of excellent against Stephen Edge yeah, he got in, so I don't know, it's, it, as we alluded to at the start, it made sense that he gave the likes of Crouch and Cameron and stuff, probably the star performers, the opportunity in the league. And you can't really knock him for that because if, if Mame Druford scored a hat-trick against Stevenage, then we'd all be sort of calling for him to go into the team at the weekend. So if you put agendas aside and stuff, it makes sense that he brought them into the squad for the weekend. It would just be nice to have at least just one new player play in a match, though. Like... <laughs> Like he, yeah, hey, it's, it's he, something he, different, isn't even it? Even Tony Pulis played Jamie Ness in the League Cup. Granted, we went out to Swindon, ta- uh, Swindon Town, but hey, he still played him. Like it, it's just irritating that I think because we all we all want these players to come through our system. Like, and and there's got to be good players in there. Sure, there's got to be players who can do a better job. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm again. It's quite. It's just quite depressing. I, I want. I like. I want our club to have a long-term vision, and I don't want that just to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got targets this season, and we'll just achieve them. I want there to be a vision for the next few years. I want us to know that oh, this player, he has a chance of being the backup to Joel Taylor. Oh, he's got a chance of being back up to Eric Peters I want that to be the case I want these young players to be pushing through just not just because it's bloody interesting but it's good for the game it's good that it's good that we get more players in football we can't be relying on 
uh, the likes of Glenn Whelan, Jonathan Walters and that forever. And, and granted, we, we're not playing them every match, but what... <laughs> They're getting older. They're getting older. What happens when they when they go? Who are we going to get to replace them? We need players, young players coming through with a bit of, I don't know, fight about them that will do something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going off on one. Yeah. I nearly said the dreaded word that we need players with passion and God. Oh, no. The old, the old guard. No. I think in a week where Marcus Rashford bags the winner for Man United <laughs> in the league and we had... Julian Ngoy, who, for all intents and purposes, has a reportedly has a better scoring rate at academy level than him, sitting on the bench at Everton when ideally we needed some fresh legs up front. It's it's extra frustrating. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you completely that these old, the old guard aren't going to be around forever, and we can't continue to play them forever, no matter how hard we try. And we do seem to be trying extremely hard. But yeah, I don't know. I guess the club know how good a player is they get to see him week in week out if they're not ready then okay but at the same time show us they're not ready there was the arguments that oh you would have moaned if we'd played a number of youngsters and we'd gone out to stevie i don't think i would have to be honest i think i would have <laughs> i would have taken that risk and that bit of excitement that our chances of winning the league cup are extremely slim every year to be honest i wouldn't have minded us just taking a chance with a few youngsters and getting them out on the pitch and seeing how they were doing instead it's it's even more frustrating given that we saw them in pre-season and we saw them play well in pre-season. The game I went to at Preston, Joel Taylor and Julian Goy in particular played very well. And I can completely see where Mark Hughes is coming from given that we nearly went out to Luton last season. Admittedly, when we played Luton, that wasn't with a team full of young players. That was with a a weakened team anyway. So he's thinking, right, we'll win this, no risks whatsoever. And, you know, we've got a home tie against Hull in the next round, which we should be looking to win and then progress through. But, like, is there, is there no room for, like, one or two, not even on the bench kind of thing? I mean, Sobey came on, but Sobey's we were... sort of part of the first team yeah. set up now, it seems to me. And it... it... Managers are based on results, aren't they? So it's never... You can see the logic, as you said with Luton, that it was so very close to end in disaster last year. So we wanted to avoid that. If we start having a run of bad results, being out of cup competitions, that's Hughes's sort of head on the block, really. So you can see why he'd maybe play it safe. I just don't think that managers can win, really. Yeah, and I suppose if, if we look back in February, having just done our podcast special from Wembley where we've won the cup we will look back at this and be like ah maybe we'll forgive you this time then Hughes you know if if we go on and have a successful cup run then um I don't think anyone will really complain too much about well he didn't play youth in the earlier rounds that's uh that's a cardinal sin I just I think it's just depressing that we're not we, we're not even seeing these players in and around the team and the League Cup is a perfect time to do so. Ah, <sighs> oh, well. Do you think Do you think in January, when the FA Cup kicks off, if we pull, say, a conference side out, do you think he'll go 
and bring no. some youth in there. Well, you we, we've had first-hand experience of this. Do you remember, remember a couple of seasons ago, I think it was, when we played Wrexham in the FA Cup? Uh-huh. We, uh, now, I don't have that team off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was kind of similar to that Stevenage team of sort of uh, second string, but not quite first-team players. But, I mean, Arnatovic came on, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. things like the, the likes of Stephen Stephen yeah, Stephen Island then, came he? off the bench as well. So um, it, it raises a question on on man management simply because all the you have these players and obviously you need a you need a squad. But we brought like Steve Sidwell in, and I just wonder whether there was promises of him having a bigger part in the team than he actually had. Because the, what what other reasons would he have to play these players? Do you know what I mean? I. I don't even know what I mean. To be fair, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think you get where you're coming from in that we we we're sort of, in a sense, hoarding some players. You know, we're keeping players we don't perhaps always need, and so are using them in the cups to sort of give them game time that they perhaps don't really warrant. I, yeah. th- I think. I think every team's the same, though. I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think I read a stat that something like. Twelve percent of the football league has a Chelsea player on loan or something. So, you know, there's plenty worse culprits <laughs> than us for. Uh, That's an amazing. For, for, That's right. I, uh, think, I think like twenty three percent of the Dutch league is Chelsea players as well. Not just for Tesh. <laughs> well, speaking. That, that, that's a joke for the European football fan. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening to this. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well. We just touched on it there. The um, transfer window, it's it's shutting. It's quick, someone get a brick. It's, it's just slamming a, just a shut. Proper, yeah, it, it's been slamming shut for a few days now. I don't know how big <laughs> this window is that you can slam it shut for this amount of time. But are we in panic mode? Um, apparently the Sacco deal... Uh, well, first of all, since the last podcast, we've gone in for... Mamadou Sacco of Liverpool, but according to Martin Spinks of the Sentinel, now we're not. Saturday Berahino, uh, just before we started recording, I saw him sat on a step behind Tony Pulis, like some <laughs> errant, errant schoolboy. Um, I think with regards to Berahino, uh, whether he's a good addition for us or not, I just I just feel bad for the guy now. He's just, he's just like... He's just like there's, trapped in a doomed relationship with Tony Pulis, and he's there's there's proving a point to a player and and making you you know showing that your club won't be strong armed by a by a player and their agent, and then there's ruining a kid's career. Um, he clearly doesn't want to be there. Like God, West Brom. I know we've said it before. Take the money, take the money, and let him go. Like you, you'll be better off for it because you won't have a miserable player just hanging around the place. You'll have money to go and spend on players on deadline day, which Tony Pulis loves. Just take the money, West Brom. Take the money. <laughs> I think Jeremy Peace is the only thing in the world that's tighter than a Tony Pulis. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I. It seems some of the articles that came out in the last week suggested that he wouldn't move this window. Even if someone came in, he'd just turn down the offer and go abroad next summer, leaving them with nothing. And it seems like extremely vindicative of it. 
And I quite sort of, I quite like it, like more power to him. If the club's messed him about for years to go, no, I'm, I'm going to sit here for a year and then go, and you're going to get nothing for me. It seems like a real battle between him and the owner rather than him and Pulis. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's what we need anymore. But I guess there's plenty of arguments as to what we need and don't need. Everyone's sort of trotting out striker and centre-half. Now people want a left-back. Um... <laughs> People want a right winger. People want a backup keeper. I, people basically want a whole new team. I think which that, it may be easier to just support well, another pe- team. People also want players to to leave as well. Like Volscheid is getting unnamed links back to to Germany, which I believe just came from a it came from like a Bayern Munich fan page where they said, "Oh, Wolfsburg should look at this player." And I think I honestly think that's where it all came from. Where oh, he's he's gonna he's going to Germany now to to sign. Uh, for for Wolfsburg, but I think that Josselu is uh, he's, he's been linked with Deportivo, hasn't he? So if we if we're losing a few players, then we we need to replace them, really. How daft would this be, though? Like both of those players that you mentioned, even though obviously Walsh had a loan, that both of them are being canned off after one year. And granted, neither of them had a bad year. Like Walshard was probably one of our more consistent defenders last season. I know he divides opinion because he's not Robert Huth. He has the odd he has the odd mistake in him. He's not Huth. He wears gloves, etc. And Hosselu apparently doesn't have the fight and the determination to succeed in the Premier League, which I have numbers to prove <laughs> otherwise. But I'm not having that. <laughs> I thought Hosselu did well in his limited game time and every time there must be some of his contract with states when you score you don't play for a month because <laughs> that's sort of how it it wound up in the end I can't believe that we're getting rid of him to be honest I can't believe that we've had strikers coming and going while it, we've had some perfectly expendable strikers still yeah, here yeah they, and then and we've been linked with, but then we, we get linked with people like Christian Pulisic from Dortmund which is an absolutely I like, I, there, there is nothing in that rumour I am certain there is nothing in that rumour because it it just make it doesn't make sense on a number of levels, but it, it's weird that we're getting linked with players like that. When do, do we do we need do we need a another winger as such? Don't get me wrong. If Christian Pulisic comes to Stoke, I will be the first person to go and get a shirt with his name on the back because I rate him that that highly. But it's just this it's weird. It's weird time. It's a weird few days. It I don't know. I have no hope. It's uh, time to. It's worth mentioning to the regular listeners that I think Pulisic is the closest thing that Chris has ever had to a oh my, his football manager. Oh my saves. god! Let, let, <laughs> let it's me, like a it's a full is, love affair. He is insane. He is insanely good. I mean, he's he's good in in real life as well. And I had the uh, pleasure to see him play last season when I went over to watch Dortmund. Um, he, he is he's a for seventeen year, years old. He's a very very talented player he's still he's very raw but you know that he will he will be something he will be something special and on my football manager save oh my god there's a reason marco royce wasn't getting in that dortmund team and his name his name (laughs) (laughs) and he's tony pulis's son which is uh, amazing as well (laughs) yes Uh, he's part american as well which is which means he'll be an utter failure here. But do you, what do you think then? Are we going to get any players before 
the window slams. Well, I think we will. whether we do or not, you can follow us live on the BBC website. I believe uh, <laughs> we are covering deadline day for uh, sort of the Stoke City fans' <laughs> perspective. Um, Sam's told me I'm apparently doing it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know quite what I'm doing. Apparently, I have to give opinions about transfers we may or may not make. So uh, you're the voice of the people, yeah. mate. Um, cool. um, yeah, we're we're getting our name out there. Um, so <laughs> I, can't, I didn't. I, re- I didn't. Re- I, I didn't really answer your question, Chris. No, I was. I was going to say I can't. I can't really wait for the BBC audience to be like, "Oh, Wizards of uh, Dribble or Dribble." Let's let's see what they're they're like. Oh, they make a lot of Lord of the Rings references. What an odd, <laughs> what an odd page. <laughs> I think, yeah, it should be. We've done it. Um, Who's and Goy? That's well. what they'll say. It went quite well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear me. No, sorry. Yes, David. Are we going to buy players? Uh, yes. We are. All right. This is my prediction. Okay. We are going to sign two players. One of them will be a permanent deal. One of them will be a loan deal. And if that makes me sound like Dave's views off the oatcake, well, turns out, everyone, I am Dave's views off the oatcake. I finally revealed myself. Oh, the, clue, my God. the clue's been hidden. Exclusive. It's been hidden in plain sight the whole time, everyone. I am Dave's views. Oh, my God. And I think... Uh, Hashtag reveal. <laughs> I think on that point, uh, we kind of got to wrap it up because I need to go back into hiding. Um, <laughs> should we just have some just some quick correspondence yeah. uh, that's been tweeted to us? Uh, question from uh, Badge Cartwright, uh, your understudies, if, if you like. <laughs> uh, uh, ben asks, uh, where is Walshide? Where is Jossaloo? Where is my long-lost positivity? <laughs> Um, so, Hosloo's in Deportivo, Walshide has an ear infection, and your positivity is probably currently at the Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your your other uh, backup uh, podcaster, Tom Thrower, uh, asks, why bother? But seriously, we weren't that bad, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Why bother? I, thought, I was having a perfectly good argument with him this morning about how false nine is basically the antichrist of football <laughs> and he, he got very upset and it's going to be a battle we're going to have all season i think it's pretty much going to be a clash of styles between me and him because i want the i want the old school stuff the balls into the box the big man up mm-hmm. front and he wants sort of passing around total, circles total outside football. the box and ending, football, mate. yeah i think we'll need to get uh you two on again and have some kind of American style crossfire debate. Yes. And just you just hurl insults at each other for an hour where where I attempt to mediate. Make <laughs> Yeah, let's do it let's do it at the end of the season where he has some where we once we've gone where down. We, where we celebrate yet another ninth place finish. <laughs> oh, okay, before to get before before we go, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Hard to face. Jace made a funny. <laughs> um, yeah, we've. I mean, we've got some good stuff going on the website at the moment. Probably more, more relevant than ever. Um, I'm gonna plug my youth breakthrough piece again because it's got 
a nice bit on Julian Ngoy, who made the bench and will who? probably lead the line against Bradford midweek. Um, Sam's juice piece is still relevant, um, and he's done a whole new piece on Joe Allen, like the all-action man. And I believe we have a piece, a guest piece on strikers from Martin Cook going live. Well, it should be live by the time it's out, or else I've not done my job. Um, so yeah, that's all from me. Chris, nice. you're doing something with um, Maoism and Football Manager. And... It's, it's not, it's not quite Maoism and Football Manager, but yeah, I, I have, um, I have another. This, another this is um, the Wizards of Dribbles resident Corbinista, Chris Brammer. <laughs> yeah, 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 obviously. Um, Sitting on the floor of a train as we speak, <laughs> deceiving Blairite scum. Yeah, that's it. I don't, you, go, no, go on, go on, tell us about it, your football you manager. You bigged it up a little bit there. No, I have another uh, another Twitter account, which is at VRFussball, which is F-U-S-S-B-A-L-L, um, and a website, which is VaultsRepublicFussball.com. Um it's just another account that I have uh, been running it for a bit now, and I've started a football manager save uh, on a database, which is as if the Cold War never ended. So the Soviet Union, Yugoslavia, it all still exists, and players like Luka Modric have never left Yugoslavia. They're there, still with their teams. You know, they've not crossed over the Iron Curtain. Um, I've started a save with uh, Dnipro in what is the Ukraine but the Soviet Union we're in the Soviet top league and uh, we're my, my aim is to overthrow the uh, scummy Western imperialists and become the best football team in the world but to do so I have to only make uh, I have to use Soviet players and stuff only so it's it's quite a hard challenge but uh, it's going quite well at the moment I'm, I'm in early three matches in so it's going okay. I'm enjoying it. So yes, at VR football. In Soviet Russia. Didn't Dnipro go bust? You what? Sorry. Go on. Didn't Dnipro go bust? They they've they've suffered from financial problems in the last few years after they they were in the uh, Europa League final, weren't they? Um, not this season, but the season before, um, and where they lost to Sevilla because Sevilla have won it three times in a row. Oh. Um, you, sorry, you've just mentioned uh, Sevilla. Oh God! Stephen and Zonzi. Yeah. Sam Allardyce wanted him wanted him for the England squad, which is yeah. just the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Allardyce knows a player. Oh God, that that would just be brilliant. Did you? His quotes were incredible though when he was reading it because he said like he's quite surprised that he's wound up at such a big club <laughs> at Sevilla. I was like, no, he earned yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just, just, still, just Im- still... imagine get, getting Steve... an England shirt with Stephen and Zonzi <laughs> on the back. I, I would. That would be a shirt I would. Definitely Give me buy. a reason to support England again. Like Stephen and Zonzi, a, play, a, a player who's been linked with what like Juventus in the last few weeks, and there's still people like you know who who don't rate him. So <laughs> football's full of opinions. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I'm just gonna stick to my football manager save in my fictional world where the Cold War didn't end, <laughs> and I'm. Uh, football manager of a socialist team. It's going to be great. In Soviet Russia, football manager plays you. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> it. that's it. And I think uh, that's where we leave. Uh, 
I believe it's an international break coming up, so uh, good news. You won't have to listen to us for a c- another don't, couple of weeks. Don't we want to do a transfer special? Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely well, not. We'll be able to we reflect can, on. We can go through all the players that we buy on Deadline Day. Oh, I, I don't want to devote an hour of broadcast to Jolian Lescott. <laughs> You monster. Right, who, okay, we'll I put that in the maybe pile. We'll we'll definitely talk about it. If dep- if we if, if, if we, we sign buy some any players. Yeah, if we buy any players. <laughs> is no one gonna is no one gonna mention this this game against Bradford on Tuesday, or is everyone trying to sweep it under the carpet? <laughs> it doesn't exist, it. mate. Doesn't exist. I can't. It's gonna be really unbearable well, to watch on Twitter ha- though, because they're gonna be like, oh goal for Stoke under 23 is I'm going to have Stoke fans going boo I hope they lose 10-0 <laughs> I was like what is wrong with you like okay don't agree with the the fact we're in it but you're looking at Stoke's future academy players and the future and going I hope you get morally destroyed I don't agree with it and would rather we didn't play take the place of a team at Wembley but at the same time you know I, I still want our Young players because, to win because individual it's the, matches. Because it's the only place you're going to be able to watch. Yeah, guy. It's, it's the yeah. only place you can be that... deployed. Can I just can I just say yeah. like like for for everyone who is who listens to this podcast and you're on Twitter like hashtag deploy young guy needs to become a thing now. I think it needs to become our calling card so we know we know we can identify listeners, but without saying oh I listen to the podcast, it can be our secret code. Hashtag deploy young guy. Remember two minutes ago when uh, I was about to finish the show? Yeah, it's not happening, mate. <laughs> We're going on forever. It's like it's that like Stoke's bad form. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think it really is time to go. Uh, thank you very much for sticking with <laughs> us throughout all the negativity and just descent into madness. Um, <laughs> say goodbye, Chris. Uh, goodbye, Chris. <laughs> that was sinister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds alright when the football ramble do it <laughs> uh, J- Jason uh, it's time to go would you like to say goodbye yeah. to the good people at home goodbye people that, that was much uh, thank- yeah it was uh, thank you everybody for listening goodbye <laughs> <laughs>